Welcome to Changing Places, the podcast that believes places are powerful agents of positive social transformation. Each episode, Dean Keith Diaz-Moore from the University of Utah's College of Architecture and Planning will take you behind the teaching, research, and practice at the leading edge of innovation occurring in our college. Through informal conversations, you will learn the emerging issues, why you should care, and what you can do about them to change our world for the better. Welcome back to Changing Places, everyone. I'm your host, Keith Diaz-Moore. Today, we're joined by Samantha Eddy, a junior in our Bachelor of Science in Architectural Studies program, who is quite simply on a remarkable educational journey. Samantha is a third-year Diné student born in Tooele, Utah, but with deep roots in Red Lake, Tonalia, Arizona. While only a junior, Samantha has been key in remarkable efforts, ranging from securing a $100,000 Monument Lab Fellows Grant funded by the Mellon Foundation, to leading one of only four winning teams in the Department of Energy's Jump into STEM national competition, hosted by the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. This success has earned her the highly prestigious opportunity of an internship at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Colorado typically given to PhD-level students. Samantha is an inspirational student on a tremendous trajectory, and I couldn't be more pleased that she's here today to share the rest of her story. Samantha, welcome. Thank you, Dee. <laughs> First, on behalf of all of our listeners, let me begin by just saying, wow, Samantha. Just those highlights are impressive in and of themselves, and so congratulations on all of these efforts. What I haven't gotten to is that your studies are not just abstract in nature, but are deeply, deeply tied to people and place and identity. And so I'm wondering if at first you could sketch for us your path to the architectural studies program at the University of Utah. Yeah, so kind of I'm going to go back a little bit to kind of create my path to the University of Utah and the College of Architecture and Planning. So to start from the beginning in high, in, in high school, <laughs> I really had no set of going to college or university, and that's simply because I knew my family couldn't afford the tuition. And so, I mean, some people may say, what about a scholarship? And I really had no idea about those opportunities until after high school. And so, but luck, fortunately, I, play, I played basketball, and so I earned a basketball scholarship to a D2 school in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And so I was there, and... I was majoring in interdisciplinary studies with an emphasis on environment. And so I had a smooth first year experience in college, but I also know that I could do more with my studies. Mm -hmm. And so I took the risk of leaving my basketball scholarship and transferred to the University of Utah. And University of Utah specifically is because this is where my family is. And so that's kind of the main reason why this college. And so... My mom is also an engineer, and so mm-hmm. I knew growing up I would, you know, want to be some type of engineer sure. because there are many. And I was really more interested in, like, electrical, civil, and environmental engineering. Okay. But when it came to declaring my major on the application, I was scrolling through the academic major catalog list. Sure. And architecture, of course, is on top <laughs> of that list, and for some reason it caught my eye. And so I, you know, I clicked on it, I explored the the website, and I was like really gravitated towards the studio environment that was displayed and described with the video. Sure, sure. (laughs) And so that was kind of, that's kind of how I got here. But also, 
architecture is a very syncretic field. And so, you know, you could do so much with, with architecture. And so from my mom being an engineer, you know, there's a possible path with architecture being, you know, engineering and sciences right. and arts. That, and so from there, like, I thought of architecture first as a profession. And while in that, you know, I kind of, it kind of went, I was thinking more of the Eurocentric frame of biophilic design. That's, okay. That's where I got interested, but... So so that's where the in- environment has a, has a positive influence on health outcomes, right? Yeah. And then from that uh, biophilic design, I got the exploration of pre-architecture courses. And from there, I started to see architecture as a form of social service and giving back. Oh, that's fantastic. Wonderful. I, I love your observation about architecture, of, of this mix of engineering and science and art. And it's very much uh, what it is. I, I often tell students that if, if you get bored, you're, you're just not doing it right. Because you can ask any question you want of, of architecture and trigger any part of your brain in, in the field. It's wonderful that way. I, I think you might have just hinted at this in, in your last answer. But uh, a f- few years ago, the college kind of shifted how it did offered courses for incoming students. And we started something we called the Design Foundations Program an immersive learning experience for freshmen interested in architecture, design, or urban ecology. And you took those courses um, in the 2019-2020 academic year. And I'm just wondering, are there lessons you took from that experience that that lean forward into what you're doing now? Yeah. <laughs> I quickly learned that it's exhausting to be a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it does refer to my um, answer on question, the first question. I did find like there was a lot of one-on-one with the uh, with the faculty, right. and there was like pos- the, the, like I was able to learn from other students around me, which I'm, I'm like blanking. Yeah. It is a social environment. Yeah, right? social environment. It also like I ideally insist on like creativity as problem solving. That's what I learned. Oh. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, like such as ideas can come from you know your personality, your experiences. Things like that. That's kind of what I took from the pre-architecture courses. Wonderful. Wonderful. Why don't we jump ahead and let's talk about your current efforts, which are just amazing. So I first learned of your interests when you were awarded a summer undergraduate research opportunity program grant, which I think was last summer, 2021. And that was from the university, of course. And was under the director of one of our, um, or direction of one of our uh, faculty members, Dr. Shandana Youssef. And I'm just wondering if you could describe a little bit about how that came to be and the role that that research opportunity plays in your current success as an undergraduate student. Yeah. So to kind of kind of how me and Shandana, you know, got together, uh, Shandana was already working with my tribe with um, this nonprofit she's been working with called Natsilid Initiative. And I was also intrigued by her decolonizing scholarship. And so sure. from there, uh, we kind of what the Europe uh, was something to do to help set up a Nazi-led initiative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I started off as a student design ambassador for Nazi-led initiative. So could I just ask you, what is the mm-hmm. Nazi-led initiative? Yeah, so Nazi-led initiative is a nonprofit in, based in the Navajo Nation, and we're working to address the housing disparities in Navajo Nation. Uh, well, based on uh, this, like, it's we call it the sweat equity Right. Project. And so basically to give more definition on what sweat equity means is a person that we choose on the application will they would have to put in their own hours while making their house. Like we're there to help facilitate, teach 
And so, but the person who is chosen, they, you know, have to put in the hours as well, put in hours to the next person who gets a home. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's the, the idea of the sweat equity. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Project. So then if, if I can, just one, one other follow-up. I think you mentioned Dr. Youssef's role in terms of I think you said decolonizing scholarship. scholarship. And could you just kind of give us a sense of what, what does that mean to you? Well, because she really, because as I said before, like I was very, as going into the architecture program, I was really thinking like the Eurocentric way of, oh, I'm going to, you know, just like biophilic design. And right. But after I met her, like she changed my perspective of like, oh, I could actually use my education to help give back to my people. And like, I can go and bring my knowledge back to my people. I so see. she, she kind of helped. With so that. this Natsilid initiative is re- probably really is decolonizing scholarship. Yeah, right? because its actions. It, it gives me the opportunity to, to go back to my people, you know, like... <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned before that you start uh, in in your trajectory here. You were a summer ambassador for yes. the Natsilid Initiative. So why don't we go from there? Could you ask the question? Again? Absolutely. <laughs> so where we had kind of left off is you had been a summer ambassador oh, yes. for the Natsilid Initiative, and what kind of came next? Yeah. Okay. So the Europe was to help set that up, and so kind of more about the Europe was me and. Shandana, we created um, our proposal was we wanted to collect stories of the Dinahogans. And so because a lot of the our elders are passing. And so right. we wanted to be able to collect those stories and give those stories back to the people because a lot of these stories, like they're starting to fade because they're not being retold. Sure. And so that was one of the main reasons. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so Hogan's are really important for the indigenous people. And so how would you describe a Hogan? So we have two Hogan's. Um, there's the male Hogan and the female Hogan. And so the female Hogan is more of a, a domical shape, more of a where you live with your family. Okay. But the male Hogan is more conical. And that's kind of usually more for ceremony purpose, ceremonial purposes. And I actually, today, the the Europe Symposium is going on. And yes. I have it. I did it virtually. So if people are more curious about it, you know, I explain more there. But yeah. That's great. So then all those experiences led to what what is just an amazing achievement for an undergraduate student. So let's talk more about the Monuments Lab Fellows Award and what it intends to do. And what your role is going to be in that effort. Yeah. So really, the Europe project was the, like, we built off of the Europe to the Monument Lab project. Because I did my Europe, and then all of a sudden, like, this Monument Lab announcement came out. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we can build off of this past project. And so more about Monument Lab is they create conversation and discussion around past, current, and future monuments. And so... We propose to create this walking trail um, in Navajo Nation. Mm -hmm. And while walking on this trail, one is able to hear stories of the landscape as they're walking through. But then we're also implementing participatory art, so like local artists. Mm -hmm. Like we are implementing a summer youth program where the kids themselves are able to help put 
art installations in the on the trail. So, you know, it's also working with the community and then we're also bringing, you know, our resources. <laughs> That's amazing. Just an amazing. Uh, and, and so all of this should be taking place over what period of time? We're, it's currently working now. And I, if I remember correctly, the, the announcement will be in August, like for the, the our final, like, I would say pinup. <laughs> oh, right. But, but like just the... Our, our project should be, you know, ready in around August. That's amazing. I, I, I can't wait. It's just a tremendous, a tremendous uh, uh, proposal that you put together. And this conversation between past, present and future uh, monuments is really uh, amazing. So so that's that's just one of the amazing things you've done. Why don't we jump to another just stellar accomplishment and something that I hope you're just equally as proud of. So would you mind sharing more about your team winning the Jump into STEM competition and about this summer's internship at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory? Yeah. So with Jump into STEM, <laughs> it really started off with Ming Chi. He's a professor in the College of Engineering. Okay. I believe it's con- electrical engineering. Okay. I could be wrong. <laughs> sure. But um, I-, I met the engineers at a Nazi Lit Initiative event and really yeah interesting and so from there he kind of I gave a small presentation of my year project and so I think from there that's kind of where he kind of knew who I was and he reached out to me to ask to be the leader of three other PhD students at the College of Engineering and so and that's because they kind of have let me let me step back our project was to be based in the Navajo Nation and yes. so they had the technical side and I was, I, I knew the culture. And so, and I like, you know, it would be a good experience for my architecture education. And so that's kind of how I jumped on to this jump into STEM. Do you know what you'll be doing in your, um, in your internship this yeah. summer? With the internship, I'm going to be put on this research project called Resilient Homes Meet Resilient Power Systems. And that kind of really stands with kind of what our final proposal for was with the jump into STEM. Right. It's a HUD-funded project, so the oh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and it's led by Louisiana State University, but we're going to be working in congruent with them. And so basically, yeah, so the National Renewable Lab is supporting the project as a because they're experts in solar plus uh, storage system prefabrication. And so, yeah, I'm just going to be learning a lot of the technical side because what they want to do is right now HUD really has a kind of a bad name right okay, now. Sure. They want to do like research on how to create, you know, prefabricated houses that are, you know, energy efficient. So like, right. yeah. So like with solar panels, better retrofit, things like that. And so that's kind of where, where I'll be. So yeah. So kind of <laughs> what I'll be a part of is that I'll be able to explore offsite modular construction with prefabricated solar plus storage, develop socioeconomic technology pathways to self-resilient and affordability in housing for communities facing energy burdens or lack of resilience with traditional power systems. Well, that is, uh, it's going to be an amazing experience. And I think it's going to tie together with, with where I hope this conversation goes in a bit. But I don't know if you've, if you've noticed this, I actually took a look through the history of the jump into STEM. Do you know you're the, you're the first undergraduate student to win? 
I did not know that. I knew, <laughs> I knew like I was like the only indigenous person for yeah. that year, but I didn't know I was the only first undergraduate. So now you can add that as well. It's just an amazing accomplishment, Samantha, and something you should be really, really proud of. So we know you're, are, uh, you've had an exceptional journey. You are an exceptional student. I think probably something all of us would be interested in is, you know, as you look forward, you know, maybe what to 2030. What do you hope all of these amazing successes will lead you to? What will Samantha Eddy, with all of her talents, be doing? Yeah. So right now, after I obtain my bachelor's, I am going to intern at um, an indigenous architecture firm. Mm-hmm. And so, but from there, I do want to move into graduate school and obtain more education there. I'm still thinking of a PhD, but then go on after that, go on to working with my community and my people. And even far into the future, like I would want to open up my own um, architecture firm with, you know, with Dene architecture planners and designers, but also other indigenous people. That is an inspiring ambition. I I hope this is what pans out for you. Sadly, we're we're closing in on uh, on the end of our time, but I do like to ask a recurring question uh, of our guests. And as you know, our college is the first architecture and planning college in the nation to espouse an ethic of care. Sometimes we'll talk about it as four R's. Let me ask: Why should others care about this incredible work that you're doing? That's at this nexus of of people and meaning and sustainability. Yeah, architecture studies are they alienate people of color from culture, tradition, and values because a lot of the knowledge and precedent studies are centered around the Eurocentric culture. And so people who are disenfranchised, removed from their homelands, our issues are made invisible, and our culture becomes invisible to us. And so we have tried to assimilate ourselves into Western um, knowledge systems. With this ethic of care, it it allows me to start from a position of respect so I can treat respect to my culture like it has been given, you know, in Western culture. And so at the ethic of care is a starting point and an end point. It's something that uh, we shouldn't tread away from because architects are powerful. Yes, you know, w- like how do we make how do we make it serve the needs that architectural education doesn't usually see or serve? And so there is a a battle, you know, between knowledge, the Eurocentric knowledge versus uh, superstition. So like within my culture, you know, it's very treated as superstitious. And so architecture, uh, it has the power of changing the imbalance between them. And so I, yeah, it's, it's, it gets, (laughs) it's important in that way. (laughs) Great, great. You know, I can't thank you enough, Samantha. You, you have inspired us today, and, and you inspire us every day in, in the college with what you're doing. Really amazing work. I'd like to end by thanking our listeners for taking the time to join us and for spreading the word using the hashtag Changing Places. On behalf of the Changing Places podcast, hosted by the College of Architecture and Planning at the University of Utah, I am Dean Keith Diaz-Moore. Take care, everyone.